So the false prophet will use satanic worship as a means of unifying, as strange as it sounds, as a means of unifying the peoples of the earth. Now, and when will all this occur? It will occur, the time frame for all this is, is in the middle of the tribulation period. And so we come now to verses 16 through 18, where John gives us another chilling piece of information. We read these verses last week, but we really didn't have time to study them, and that's what we're going to focus on tonight. Verses 16 through 17 and 18, it says, verse 16, He also forced everyone small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead. Now, now notice, I want you to notice, it says in verse 16 that he, this was something that was forced. Notice that. And I put on your notes right there on the top of your notes there on your, I uh, uh, forgot how I worded it, but let, let me grab one real quick. What Satan could not do by deception, that was last week. What Satan could not do by deception, he will do by force. All right? So what he couldn't do by deception through the false prophet, uh, he will do by force. And so we read about this now. Again, let's look at this. Uh, verse 16, he also forced everyone. Small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead so that no one, see the contrast between everyone and no one, so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. This calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is man's number, his number is 666. Let's talk about this for a little bit. First of all, let's deal with what is the mark of the beast. Uh, It is really the counterpart uh, of the work of God. The Bible says that when we are saved, we receive a mark, if you will. We receive a seal. I want you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 11 through 14. In him we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed you were, what's that next word? You were marked. In him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. The Bible says you receive the mark of the Holy Spirit when you are saved. You receive that seal. God is marking you as his. When you become a child of God, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And during the time of the tribulation, There will be millions of people who decide not to follow Christ, but to instead follow the Antichrist. And they too will be marked. They too will have a designation. They will put their faith and their future in the hands of the Antichrist, and they will be branded or marked by the beast. 
Now, in this context, the mark that we're talking about in, back in Revelation, the mark of the Antichrist or the mark of the beast, uh, is literally some type of mark that will be placed on one's hand or their forehead. Uh, it marks them, and I, w- I want to make sure you get this, it marks them as a follower of the Antichrist. Be very clear who, who the followers of the Antichrist are. Because they will have the mark on their hand or on their forehead. And I want you to notice the scope of this. Going back to chapter 13 of Revelation. Let's just read through the text a little bit. Notice the scope of this in verse 13. I'm sorry, verse uh, 16. I I tried to call this to your attention a minute ago. But he forced everyone. And then to give context to that, he says, Small and great, rich and poor free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or his forehead. And then again in verse 17, so no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark. Now this this mark of the beast is found not just in Revelation 13, but it's found in several places throughout the book of Revelation. So I think it would help us to just read some of these references. Go to Revelation 14 verse 9. A third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on the forehead or on the hand, he too will drink the wine of God's fury. Verse 11, And the smoke of their torment rises forever and ever. There is no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and his image or for anyone who receives the mark of his name. Chapter 15, verse 2, And I saw what looked like a sea of glass mixed with fire and standing beside the sea, those who had been victorious over the beast and his image and over the number of his name. Reference to the mark. Chapter 16, verse 2. The first angel went and poured out his bowl on the land and ugly and painful sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. You see, I've got a couple more references. Let me pause there to say... In that day, it will appear profitable to receive the mark. In that day, it will seem profitable to receive the mark so that you can buy and sell. So you can be part of of the economic system. So that you can have a job. So that you can buy groceries. So that you can pay your power bill. In that day, it will seem advantageous to receive the mark. But also, I want you to notice that when God brings judgment, the judgment will be directed towards those who have the mark of the beast, because they have decided to worship the Antichrist. Look in chapter 19, verse 20. Chapter 19, verse 20. But the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who had performed the miraculous signs on his behalf, With these signs, he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. People will be deluded into doing this. They'll be deluded into worshipping the beast and receiving his image. Finally, chapter 20, verse 4. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had given authority to judge, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. 
Ladies and gentlemen, there's coming a time when every member of society, every member of society will be faced with this decision. From the highest to the lowest, without exception, everyone will be forced to take the mark of the beast. And if you choose not to take the mark of the beast, as it is alluded to in chapter 20, likely you will be beheaded or some other... uh, type of death. Now, if you have the mark of the beast, you need to understand something. If you take this mark in your hand or on your head, it will for a while go well with you. You won't have any problems. You'll be able to buy and sell. Uh, Things will go well. Life will go on as usual. If you refuse the mark, you will be economically sidelined. You might say, well, I'm just not going to take the mark. I'm not going to be part of that system. I, I refuse to be identified with it. I'm not going to do that And and I hope that you would say that, but I want you to understand something. You will become non-existent as far as economically, the economic system. There won't be a way for you to buy or sell or do anything. It's as if you don't even exist. I mean, right now, you've got a social security number that you use, right? There's nothing wrong with social security number. But you have a social security number that marks who you are. That's your identifying number right now. What if you had to have some kind of a number and everybody had to have it and the only way that you could go to Walmart and check out is is that number? The only way you could pay your light bill is that number. The only way that you could buy groceries is that number. The only way you could do anything is that number. Please understand, I I want to emphasize that this will be a global situation. That's mind-boggling when you think about it for a moment. A global situation. It'll apply to big-time industrialists trying to close a billion-dollar deal. It will, it will apply to when you're trying to go to Cane's Corner and get a gallon of milk. A boycott. I mean, the, the, uh, the mark of the beast is going to be a sign of allegiance, and it's going to be a sign of, of identification. It, it will be your passport to everything. Now, I want to pause for a few moments, and and this is where we get into a lot of speculation, and I want to say up front that this is speculation. I want to pause for a moment and let you know that, do you realize that technology already exists to accomplish this? And in fact, do you realize that the technology is advancing rapidly? Um, If you would, if you'll just kind of go along with me for for a moment... Would you get out a card of some type, a credit card, a debit card? Can I, can I, what have you got? I don't have my glasses on. See, yeah, hold Oh, yeah, yeah, on the Ingalls card, it's, all right. What am I driving home here? Let me see. So on the Ingalls card, if you want groceries, you know, right now you use this little card. Uh, it's your Ingalls Advantage card. It's your advantage to use it because you collect points or something, right? What if you had to have something like that to buy the groceries, though? It's like if you didn't have this, you couldn't. Right now, if you don't have this, you don't get the discount. What if if you don't have this, you don't get food? All right, so get out. You're still in my thunder, exactly. I'll go, I'll go ahead and go there with you. Is it possible that we are already being conditioned, knowingly or unknowingly, 
purposely or unpurposely, is it possible that society is already being conditioned to set us up for the mark of the beast? I think it's absolutely true. Now, if you got your credit card out yet, or your debit card, did you get one out? Go ahead, get one out. Surely you got one, John. You keep digging in your pocket there, buddy. Yeah, I need one. Thank you. Uh-huh. All right. Perfect example. Went to a resort area. The whole resort area was a cashless resort. Couldn't buy anything with cash money. Now, we are quickly moving to that as a society, aren't we? In fact, if I've got a cashless billfold, you know. <laughs> All the time. I mean, I rarely carry cash with me. Uh, and the reason I rarely carry cash with me, besides the fact that Lisa won't let me have any, is, uh, is the fact that I've, I've got one of these. You know, I, I can't remember the last time I wrote a check. And we still have a checkbook. Lisa is kind of old school, and she wants to write checks to the, for the bills. You, you are too? All right. So, but I can't remember the last time I wrote a check because we've got a Discover card, either a debit card or a credit card or whatever. What I want you to notice, and two things on that card. One, there's that magnetic strip, and that little magnetic strip you know, has all the information about you that they need to know. That little magnetic strip is what communicates who you are and all the information. You'd be surprised how much they know about you that's on this strip. But the other thing I want you to see is that on most cards now, do you have this secure chip? Did you request that secure chip? Did you get the opportunity to decline that secure chip? No. Lisa and I talked about this uh, a long time because we started getting these notices in the mail that, uh, guess what, you're... Your card is going to be, uh, what was the word? Uh, it's going to be replaced with a secure chip card. And, and they didn't ask us if we wanted that. They didn't ask us if we, could, we wanted to opt in or opt out. They just said, because of the advanced technology, it is for your advantage and for your security, we have sent you a brand new secure chip card. And so, in our society today, this has become commonplace, that we've got this little secure chip placed in the plastic we carry. Is it too much of a, uh, a jump in our imagination to think that one day that little chip won't be in the card, but that little chip might be in our hand? Yeah, there's another type of chip. I'm going to get to that one. Thank you. Uh, so that's just one example, okay? Now, now don't... Don't tune me out. Don't think that I, I've really lost it. Just follow along with me for a moment. I'm going to build a case here, and, and then I want to make a, a statement, kind of clarify all of this. You, do you know that they also have laser beams now that painlessly brand cattle in one three thirty-second thousandths of a second? I didn't probably say that right. But, and it, but they can laser beam cattle now to identify them with this laser beam branding uh, in fact, they can take the laser beam and the, uh, this, I, I can't understand this. I'm just telling you what I read. It says the entire Bible can be recorded on the head of a pen with the laser beam. Uh, that's just beyond my imagination. So, so we have this capability of, of these laser beams now that can print 
an entire Bible on the pinhead. Is it too much of a stretch of an imagination to think that that, that laser beam could tattoo an invisible marking on our hand? Or an invisible marking on our head? Maybe you get to choose. Where do you want it? You want it on your head? You want it on your hand? Your choice. All right, so, so that's just another example, all right? Now, this, one, this next one's been around for a long time. Uh, but you need to understand the importance of this. Do you know what UPC codes are? You've seen those everywhere, right? UPC codes are those barcodes that everywhere in our society. Um, if you go into the hospital now, they put a band on your wrist, and it's got your, a UPC code on it. And they, they come in. They don't even have to know your name. They really don't care what your name is. they got a little scanner. They come in the, before they even give you medication. They say, let me see your, your, your bracelet. And they'll beep. I've seen it a hundred times. And they'll scan your little bracelet because that identifies who you are, that little, that little barcode that's on your bracelet. And so now your name is insignificant. What's significant is your number. All right, so again, is it too far of a stretch of our imagination to think that that UPC code may not be a bracelet anymore? Maybe it's actually something printed on our hand. It could be invisible uh, to the human eye, printed on our head. Uh, again, just possibilities. Um, and now, there's another kind of chip that, and I think this is probably what you were talking about. It's called the Very Chip. It's a miniaturized, implantable identification computer chip with a, a wide variety of uses. They're actually are using those in dogs or in animals right now. Uh, you can get your dog or your cat chipped so that if they get lost, uh, they can take, you can take it to the vet, and they'll take the scanner and put it over the chip, and it instantly identifies who the owner is and where the dog lives and all that kind of thing. I don't think it's... These, these little chips are about the size of a piece of rice, a grain of rice. And you could, you could easily... In fact, a family in Florida volunteered to have the chip implanted in them. And so it's not too much of a stretch of imagination because it is happening already where people are being chipped... And you, you can just place it right under the skin of your hand or in your forehead, and it's not really noticeable. Now, you know about a lot of those. Some of you have phones right now. Uh, we, just get your phone out for a second. Let's play with it for a minute. You got your, you're probably playing with it right now. <laughs> I've got an iPhone, iPhone 6, and in order to turn this iPhone 6, or ra rather... In, in order to open it up, I really don't need that security code anymore. You know why? Because it's got a thumbprint scanner on it now. And all I've got to do is put my thumb there, and the scanner will read my thumbprint and open my phone. How many have a phone like that? Not necessarily an iPhone, but you got to, all right? All right, so that's not, again, somebody said, is this not just get moving us closer to that day, to that time? So that now our phones... And you know that your phones, by the way, uh, have developed this technology where you, you can pay with your iPhone, you know? I haven't done that. Does anybody do that? You pay with your phone? Uh, yeah, one or two of you do. Okay, so that, that's a possibility. It's like, okay, this technology is advancing. I just saw an article that came out recently, I think it was this month, uh, that the new Samsung, some of you guys are, are tech geeks and you're going to like this, uh, the Samsung 7, I believe it is, the Samsung 7 coming out has an iris technology, iris scanning technology, so that now it doesn't need your thumbprint. It will look at your eye. 
to determine if you are the owner of that phone and open it up. But the most scary, if you will, if I could use that term, the most scary uh, example of this type of technology for me is something that came out uh, a couple of years ago. Google, and I've got the article right here. It's, it was on CNN. You, you can Google it yourself and find it on CNN. Uh, Google has patented an electronic throat tattoo. Now, this is something that Google, the major company Google, has put out a patent for. It says a new patent is an electronic, not just a tattoo, but an electronic tattoo could be attached to the user's throat. Uh, it, let me read this to you. It's a system that comprises an electronic skin tattoo capable of being applied to a throat region of the body. The patent says the tattoo would communicate with smartphones, gaming devices, tablets, and wearable technology uh, via Bluetooth. The idea is that wearers could communicate with their devices via voice commands without having to wear an earpiece. Uh, optionally, the electronic skin tattoo can further include a galvanic skin response detector to detect skin's resistance of a user. And it goes on to explain all these things that it could do. But, but basically, it's an electronic device, a skin tattoo that Google is trying to develop that could be operated with your phone. Now, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Please don't misunderstand me. I am not saying that any of these are examples of the mark of the beast. I'm not saying that any of those things are the mark of the beast. What I am saying is simply this. We need to realize that technology to accomplish what is talked about in Revelation 13 already exists. And that technology is rapidly advancing. Who knows in another five years? Who, who can imagine in another five years what technology will bring to us? So, when we talk about the mark of the beast, it's fascinating to me that John in his day... You know, what, what was it, about 90 A.D. or something like that when John wrote this? That John was sitting on a deserted island in, in, in about 90 A.D. It's fascinating to me that John, by the power of the Holy Spirit, could foresee a day when in society, everybody in the world would receive a mark. And it would be a mark that would enable them to buy and to sell. And in John's day, that must have sounded so ridiculous. But in our day, it's starting to sound more and more like a reality, isn't it? A mark that will be used around the globe. Say, say that again. Yes. Yes. Right, absolutely. So, let's go to the second part of this. What's the significance of this mark, this, besides the fact that we buy or sell with it? What's, this mark is linked to a number. Go, go back to Revelation 13. I want you to see that this mark is linked to a number. This, this is, I think, very interesting. Uh, Revelation chapter 13, looking at verse... Um, let's start at verse 16. 
He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead. This is a literal mark. This is not a credit card. Uh, this, This is some kind of a marking on our hand or our forehead. So that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, notice this linking here. It says... This mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. Then he says in verse 18, this calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him... What's that next word? Let him what? Calculate the number of the beast. For it is man's number, and his number is 666. Now, superstitions about this number and its meaning could probably fill volumes. The theory is... If you take a person's name and translate his name to numbers, you could calculate and determine the identity of the Antichrist. I'll give you a simple example. Ronald Wilson Reagan. Uh, If you take his name, how many letters are in Ronald? How many letters are in Wilson? How many letters are in Reagan? And you never knew, did you? Just slid right in there. You never knew. Others have made the list. Martin Luther... Several popes have made the list. Adolf Hitler has made the list. John F. Kennedy, Henry Kissinger, Mikhail Gorbachev. On and on and on. The list. I'm not going to mention any others. I'm stopping right there. If you're really going to calculate the number 666, you need to know, though, that things have changed since John wrote Revelation. You see, the modern world has two sets of symbols. We have an alphabet and we have numbers. A letter is a letter and a number is a number. But in the ancient world, in the biblical world, they didn't do this, both in Hebrew and in Greek. They have a single set of symbols that represent both letters and numbers. Such a system is called an alphanumeric system, where, that, where one marking, if you will, could be a number or it could be a letter. Every letter is a number and every number is a letter. So... Does that make a little more sense when he says, If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is the man's number. Now let me have a little fun here. Uh, let's take just a couple of minutes and have a little fun. Either in the side column there where your notes are or on the back, I want you to write your ABCs, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Go down to about K, if you will. Uh, a, B, C, D, E, F, G. H-I-J-K, let's go to L, go all the way to R, go all the way to R, all right? We won't do the whole alphabet, go all the way to R. Just write them, just write them down. Do you, do you remember, can you write them that? All right. When you, you got them written? You got them written? All right, now here's what we want to do. Let's assign a numeric value to each letter. So A, put beside A, 100. A equals 100. B equals 101. C equals 102, etc. Go all the way down and do that all the way through whatever alphabet you did. Let me know when you're done. You done? All done? All right, now, 
I want you to take the word Hitler, the name Hitler, H-I-T-L-E-R, and I want you to figure out the numeric value of that, of that name. For example, H would be 107. I would be 108. You figure out the rest of it. Huh? I said through R. T. Through T is what I meant. Through T. Through T. When I looked down at my notes, I saw the R at the end. I said, okay, we need to go to R. Yeah, we need to go to T. You can figure it up. I'll tell you, T is 119. That'll help you. So let's see now if you've got it. H is 107. I is 108. T is 119. I gave you that. L is what? 111. E, 104. R, 117. Now, if you will add all of those numbers up, Hint, hint, hint. It's six, six, six. If you add all of those numbers up. Now, does anybody see an obvious flaw with this approach? Huh? You could start the numbers anywhere you wanted to. And, and that's one of the reasons that when you, you'll see all kinds of crazy things, it's because people trying to make something fit into what they want it to be. Another obvious flaw is this. We're trying to solve this riddle using the English alphabet. That makes about as much sense as trying to uh, use Greek to solve today's crossword puzzle. It's not going to work. We need to heed what John says in verse 18. Folks, listen carefully. Uh, I'm going to let you out early if you'll listen carefully. Is that a deal? Listen carefully, verse 18. This calls for what? For wisdom. There are so many books that you could read where people go on tangents and they talk about the Pope and they talk about all kinds of people and talk about all kinds of numbers and they've got it figured out. I want to say with all candor, with all humility, no, they don't. Here's what I mean by that. It's my opinion, as John says, this calls for wisdom. This is not something we're going to figure out on our own. Until, hear the rest of it, until we get to that day when the Antichrist makes steps onto the world stage. It's my conviction that when the Antichrist steps onto the world stage, you won't have to make some kind of alphabetic numbering system and try to figure out, if, is this the mark of the beast? When the Antichrist steps onto the world stage, you will be forced to worship him. You will be forced to acknowledge him. And the way that you will be forced to acknowledge him is that you will be given the opportunity to take the mark of the beast. In other words, what I'm trying to help you understand is this. I don't think you're going to have to wonder, is this the mark of the beast? I don't think there will be a debate about that. I don't think people will be, will be saying, oh, I'm afraid of this credit card. It might be the mark of the beast. No, no, it's going to be so obvious There will be satanic deception involved, absolutely. 
The false prophet will, will absolutely deceive people and convince people that they need to worship the Antichrist, that he is the world's leader and he is the one that can solve the world's problems. And the only way that you can be part of this system is to take part in, in this worship. And to take part in this worship, you will be marked as one of his followers. Better question is not what is the mark of the beast. A better question is, why the number 666? I actually like, the more I've studied this, the more I've thought about it, I actually like the idea that it is the number 666. The number 666 used to scare me. Now I kind of like it. John tells us plainly that it is whose number? Look in the text. It's man's number. That is, it is the number that throughout the Bible represents man. There's some interesting facts about the number six in the Bible. For example, Goliath was six cubits high. His spearhead weighed six shekels. He had six pieces of armor. It's man's number. Nebuchadnezzar's image was 60 cubits in, in height and six cubits wide. Man was created on what day? On the sixth day. And we're told that we're to work for six days. Six is man's number. Now, seven, seven is the perfect number. Seven is God's number. Six falls short of seven. And here's the reason I like 666. Listen to this. The Antichrist probably represents the, the, the greatest in all human ingenuity and cleverness and power and resources. He is, he is Satan's counterfeit to the true Christ. He will without question be powerful. But I want to tell you something. Six always falls short of seven. Six, to me, indicates he's going to be doomed. Six, six, six is going to fall short of, be doomed by, seven, seven, seven. And so when I see 666 now, I don't want that number. I don't want to stay in that hotel room. I, I, I don't want anything to do with that number, but I do not fear that number because that's man's number, and six always falls short of seven. And our Heavenly Father is the one who ultimately will win. And you say, well, no, Pastor, just one other question. is like, when, when... Will all this mark of the beast stuff come about? It's in the middle of the tribulation. It's my theory, or my, my hope, I won't be here. I, I believe we will be raptured before the tribulation begins. I believe that we will miss this. But those, those who become believers during that time of tribulation will have to make a decision, won't they? It would be an awful decision to stay true to God or to take the mark so you can live. I saw an article today. I'll close with this. I saw an article today. I saw the headline. I read it quickly. I haven't found the article in major newspapers yet. But the article said, 
150, ISIS has targeted 150,000 Christians in America to kill them. Now, I, I googled it, I searched it on the internet, I found it several places on the internet that ISIS uh, has targeted, has identified 150,000 Christians in America that they want to kill. And they recognize that, you know, not the, the army's not going to come over to do that, the, the ISIS army, uh, but they recognize what they're hoping for is that the, these lone wolves and these little sleeper cells that are already in America will read that list and identify people and go behead them or kill them on, be, on behalf of their so-called faith. It startled me when I read it. ISIS has identified 150,000 American Christians for, for death. And when I, read, when I read that, it was, I believe it was in the, the states of California, Texas, Florida, and maybe New York. And it startled me until I, I thought about Satan's already targeted us. We may or may not be on the ISIS hit list yet. But Satan has already targeted Christians. And it's going to continue to get worse across the years. And it's not, you're not going to have to wonder. You're not going to have to wonder, am I going to be faithful to Jesus Christ? It's going to be evident. There's going to be a day when we will have to decide if we will be a dedicated follower of Jesus Christ. And we will not compromise. And we will not give in. And we will not surrender. And we will stand for Jesus Christ. Or we will give in to the enemy. For the longest time, America has been in this little bubble where we've been somewhat safe. That bubble is bursting. We may not yet be at the time of the Antichrist. We may not yet be at the time of the mark of the beast. But we are quickly, as a world and even as a nation, we are quickly heading towards a apocalyptic event in our world. And so I say to you what I say just about at the end of every study in Revelation. You need to know that you know Jesus. And you need to be walking with Jesus every day. And you need to be serving Jesus every day. Because somebody somewhere along the line, eventually, you may have to take a stand. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of our Lord and our Savior, God, we're grateful that ultimately, even though the Antichrist is powerful, even though there is an awful future ahead for those who, are, who take the mark of the beast, God, we're grateful that you are ultimately victorious. You are 777. You are greater than any Thing we might face. So may we be dedicated followers of Christ. 
without compromise, without hesitation, may we identify ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ. In the name of our soon coming King we pray. Amen.